You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Third thing is to go. The Vader. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Hey, what's up, Packer fans? Good Monday afternoon. Uh, welcome to Packer Total Access. I'm your host, Clayton Bailey. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And you're probably wondering, why in the world are we hearing your voice today? It's Monday. Well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> we just wanted to put together a quick pod for you. It's going to be a, a little shorter than normal, but we had a practice today. And I had some uh, scheduling get shuffled around a little bit, so I thought I would put out a little extra content today. You got the green light from Ryan, so we're going to do that. Um, hopefully, you guys are having an awesome, awesome work day. But what we're going to do uh, with the practice earlier today, you guys know it was a rainy day in Green Bay, and uh, you know, as 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 some people, you know, they like to they like to kind of complain about that. I know it's an opportunity, as as Coach Matt Lafleur talked about earlier, to to get out there and, and really kind of practice in the elements a little bit, right? Now, I think that's something that's very important, especially you know in the town of Green Bay, where uh, most of the time when you're playing outdoors, I mean, you're going to be facing uh, some uh, some pretty crazy weather. Whether it's snow uh, later in the season, we've seen plenty of rain, you know, throughout the the course of history. When it comes to Green Bay, you guys know I did a, a couple of history podcast uh, episodes there. Uh, talking about how, um, you know, uh, trying to cash in on some insurance policies way back in the day when the rain would would cost the team so much money. I mean, it's something that's it's just been a common occurrence when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. But let's kind of kick this thing off right here and let's hear from uh, from Coach LaFleur and see exactly what he had to say today Does before the practice kicked off. rain in any way impact your practice plan? Nope. Told the guys, make sure they got have the right cleats. And, I mean, they we've got to get used to – practicing in some, you know, less than ideal weather. So, um, you know, it'll be a good experience for everybody, hopefully. It is Green Bay. It is Green Bay. You going to keep it easy with Darren Savage this week for a couple days yet? Yeah, I, th- I, I wouldn't anticipate him practicing at all this week. Coach, uh, you may or may not have been aware your quarterback was on a podcast talking about doing a drug. That's technically illegal in the NFL. Are you worried about any consequences from the NFL towards Aaron regarding that? Yeah, I really haven't given him much thought at all. You've talked on a number of occasions so far in this training camp about wanting to get that run defense better. From what I know, it's early. You haven't been in pads that long, but from what you can sense, have they taken that to heart? Have you seen some progress in that area? I imagine you're looking forward to that Friday, but. Yeah, like everything's a double-edged sword, right? Uh, so, you know, just like we've talked all throughout camp, when one side of the ball is doing really well, the other side's 
not up to living not living up to the standards. So um, I think there's been some great moments on both sides of the ball, both in the run game and in the pass game. And ultimately, it comes down to we'll get a better indication of where we are, um, at least with with certain units um, in this next game. Um, not necessarily. I think a lot of it, there, there's so much volume and typically when you install whatever install you're on, that's the emphasis for the day. So now you kind of like circle back to some of the earlier installs, but you're still always kind of focused on some of that situational ball. And that's a big part of the game. All right, so just to kind of sum up, if you if you guys didn't hear it there on the front side, he was talking about Darnell Savage. He said, I wouldn't anticipate Darnell Savage practicing this week, and, and that's kind of big news, right? We, we heard uh, everything kind of get minimized with the injury coming out of family night, and, uh, you know, they obviously picked up the fifth-year option for Darnell Savage. So he's someone who's in the at least short-term plans, right, the short-term future for the Green Bay Packers. So we're going to continue to monitor that. Uh, kind of close, you know. I, I have no reason to think it's anything severe, but uh, you know, Lafleur did come right out and say, "Hey, look, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't anticipate seeing him practice today." And uh, also, you know, something that he went on to say was, "Jordan Love will start uh, here against the 49ers. That's no shocker, no surprise to anybody. However, um, I am excited to see what Jordan Love can do there against the 49ers. You know, albeit. Uh, a vanilla defense, you know, they're, they're not going to be showing their hand too much. You, and the reason being, guys, it's not that the preseason game doesn't quote-unquote matter, right? Um, it's that these teams don't want to put anything on film for their opponents coming up in week one, week two, you know, right here early in the season. So, uh, you know, as much as teams like to focus on self-scouting and things like that, they're very, very self-conscious of what tape they put out there to any regard, right? That's why they're so picky about practice and all that, you know. Whenever the Packers or any other team has a closed practice, you hear the local media kind of grumble a little bit, like, oh, what's it matter? It matters a lot. I mean, when, especially when you get, you know, you heard LaFleur talking about, you know, certain install stages and circling back around to work on situational football along the way as as the team, and especially the younger players, begin to catch on to those installs. Um, you know, you don't want to, like I said, give stuff away. You never know who's attending those open practices. And it sounds silly and it may sound like, oh, it's an overreaction. You know, I know this, uh, they don't want to tip their hand at all, right? And uh, that's that's probably, uh, you know, why everything's set up the way it is. It's definitely why everything's set up the way it is. So it's just stuff that, that doesn't get talked about much. But like I said, Coach LaFleur did talk about Jordan Love's going to be getting the start. And uh, they actually talked to Jordan Love here. So let's see what he had to say um, to the media here um, following practice. Feel like you got something to prove when you get out there? Always. You know, I always think I have something to prove. Uh, like I said, the NFL, I think everybody has something to prove when they get out here just to, you know, keep, have a reason why you're here and you know, why you should stay here. So, uh, yeah, I definitely have something to prove. And um, that's what my goal is to show that during preseason. How are you treating this week? Like, what, what goes into a week like this for game one of the preseason? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm treating it like a game week. Um, it's a little different during camp. We still have a camp schedule. Um, not as much of, uh, like, a game plan week as a normal uh, in-season game. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll start a game plan on Thursday. Uh, and go, or not Thursday, but Wednesday, and uh, go from there. How long is it that Danny's going to go on last, you know, last time playing a preseason game? Tight end, and now he's, you know, 
your backup quarterback on Friday, just the opportunity for Danny as well and progress as camp. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. It's a good opportunity, like I said, for everybody. Um, yeah, Danny, I mean, he's been making a lot of progress since he's been here, for sure. Um, it'll be a great opportunity for him to showcase his ability. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like I said, a great opportunity for him. You know, he played some other positions the last place he's been, so just to be able to showcase what he has a quarterback will be good. Do you have goals or, like, I guess – do you have certain things you want to work on during the preseason before you you know you think about it going into this you know few game stretch that you have or um, is it just an overall trying to get a better flow of the game? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I have things that I want to improve on. You know, um, just from a quarterback perspective, things I've talked about. You know, that base. Just having that rhythm, and I think when you get into a game, you kind of just want to be able to keep that same rhythm you have. You know, it's a little bit different in practice. Um, it might be a little slower, and then it's, it picks up a little bit in the game. Um, so, you know, just trying to take what I've been doing in practice and just take to the, the game um, is what I'm trying to do. In the past, how does, like, Aaron, I guess, does he talk to you on the sidelines, you know, whenever you come out of the game, or do you guys wait until you get back and watch him? No, yeah, during preseason game, Aaron's right there on the sideline, you know, talking to us the whole time, um, pretty much like a coach right there in preseason. Um, you know, just eyes and ears on the sideline, anything he sees, you know, he'll, he'll let us know. So it's good to have him there. Love it. You know, Jordan Love, wow, he's grown so much. And just hearing the way he talks to the media, he's just got this calmness about him. And it's something that Aaron has had for so long. And, and I know on the backside of Aaron's career, he's gotten very, very snippy with the media. And, and I, I'll keep my opinion to myself. Uh, you guys probably already know what my opinion is. I'm sure it slipped out at some point. But, uh, you know, Jordan's kind of at that stage early in his career where he's, uh, you know, he's just – he seems quiet, but he's very, very confident. And I love what he said there. He said, I do have something to prove. And he's he's not shying away from that. And he knows that these preseason reps are an opportunity to showcase his talent. You know, whether it's his long-term plans are to be in Green Bay, you know, as far as the Packers re-signing him, if, if Aaron does decide to step away, you know, in the next, in the next year or two, or even just putting – you know, putting a case out there for, hey, look, I am worth trading for. Uh, either way, it's a good thing for the Packers, right? Um, we want him to do well. And, uh, you know, something else he talked about was just trying to trying to stay in rhythm. You know, he's, he's strung together some great practices, right? And then um, he's looking to carry that over into a preseason game. And it's kind of odd because you're going through a preseason, you know, uh, quote-unquote game week, right? And he's treating it like a game week, but at the same time, you've got the camp schedule, and that really does throw a wrench into everything as far as, you know, carrying some of that rhythm over. And I love what he wrapped up with there saying that, you know, Aaron will be on the sideline, and Aaron does an excellent job of helping the young quarterbacks as he sees things. You know, he can give a few pointers here or there. And and you've seen Aaron do that the last two years in camp. And, and Jacob and I talked about it on Sunday, how you can just see with Jordan Love's throwing motion, some of the stuff he's picked up off of Aaron's game. And then obviously Tom Clements, the new quarterback coach that, that was here years ago and won a Super Bowl with the Packers and and really should be credited with the, with the, uh, the molding of Aaron Rodgers being this professional quarterback that he is. Um, I don't know. It's I'm very, very excited to watch Jordan Love. So while there's other people that are out there saying, oh, preseason's boring, I can't stand to watch it, man. Between some of the camp battles we talked about, you know, whether it's a running back position or some of these tight ends fighting on the backside uh, for spots, um, you know, we talked about the cornerback room and how, uh, you know, you've got – uh, the uh, the new additions of Rico Gafford and then uh, Nixon as well and how they're fighting for a, a fifth or, or, you know, whether they're fighting for that fifth corner spot or, you know, we decide to carry six corners. Either way, it's something that's uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. So I'm really, really looking forward 
to the preseason games personally. But let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. And uh, the uh, superstar in the making, Mr. Rashawn Gary, actually spoke to the media. And let's uh, let's see what he had to say here as he was talking to the very own rock himself, Larry McCarron. You may not see a lot of action during the preseason. How do you feel about that? Um, you know what I mean? They, yeah. You know, you're, you're at that point, you know. You're not, uh, you know. I'm biting at the bit to, you know, get back and work my craft on somebody else. But, you know, they have a plan, and I'm going to follow the plan. What's it been like going against Yash, you know, over the last few years? How have you kind of seen him improve? Yeah, uh, me and Yash, day one since A one. Um, you know, he's been getting better year by year, um, getting stronger, um, understanding different leverages, understanding, um, you know, different looks that I'm giving him. And I told him today, I'm like, you're getting a lot better with your hands. You know, just keep doing that. You know, keep giving me the best look you can because, you know, I'm going to give you the best look. But, you know, Yash's been looking good this camp. You have a really strong defense, a lot of leaders in the room. Who is like a quiet leader that people might not know about? Uh, to be honest, you know, in our, in our side linebacker group. What a horrible question. I just got to say. <laughs> you got one shot. I want to give question. it to a silent leader. Mm, that's tough right now because they, they are working, but. Great you know, I really don't want to get no names out. You know, I'm honest guy, honest guy. But right now, it's me and Preston holding it down. If you look at your uh, overall defense, uh, I was watching them today, and I thought, it's a group with ability and attitude. I mean, would you would you agree with that, Rashad? Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm loving every piece of the defense, and I'm just loving how we jump together. And we, you know, you holding you holding each other to that standard, and you know, one thing about it, y'all guys is out there watching us, and I just I just feel like you feel that too, and um, you know, I'm just, I'm just loving it, man. <laughs> Joe Barry back, you know, me and Preston, DC. A couple of young pieces is, is looking good, so we just got to keep working, and that's what we're just holding ourselves up to. What's Joe like as a coach? I love him. Um, when you up, you know, he's up. And, you know, when you down, he's still up. You know, he's the same person every day, uh, pushing us to be great. Um, nothing less than that. Um, like I said, we understand the standard and what we have to do, and we understand the past couple of years and this season now coming up, what we have to do, we understand. We have the pieces, and it's not about talking. We just got to go out there and do it. Love it. It's not about talking. We just got to go out there and do it, man. If you could see his face when he mentioned Joe Barry, he just kind of lit up. You can tell these players uh, 100% love Joe Barry and everything he stands for, his coaching style, his leadership style, all that stuff, right? Um, he just – I don't – you can just tell how much respect the players have for him. And I love how he was talking about – you know, he's always up. Even when you're down, he's always up. He's always picking you up. And he's kind of taking on that role that I feel like Nathaniel Hackett left, you know, kind of left behind as he went to Denver. You know, Nathaniel Hackett was that guy. And I know it's two different, you know, uh, sides of the ball, offense, defense. But um, you've got to have people in your locker room from a leadership standpoint. When you've got these younger players, this new generation of NFL players coming in, you know, they don't respond to the old school way, right? of just screaming the entire time and and uh, and always beating people down. You want people to for for you know first thing keep people engaged in meetings. Keep them engaged in practice so that it's always fun and it's interactive. They said Nathaniel Hackett did that so well. And you can just see that like I said on the defensive side of the ball Joe Barry brings that same that same skill set, I guess you could say that that same personal um, what do you, what's the words I'm looking for here? Uh, just a personal touch, I guess, you know, that, that people skills that he brings to the table. And it's obvious that Matt LaFleur 
that's top priority when he makes his hires, whether it's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or promoting from within. He wants people who are high energy, high effort on the coaching staff. That's always going to be up when these players are down, whether they're hitting a slump or something, you know, doesn't go right. It's a very, very key uh, component to the locker room for sure. So let's move on to uh, – oh, first of all, I want to say this about Rashawn Gary too. Something else he mentioned was, uh, you know, just the defensive room, how it's gelling, but he also – you heard him brag on Yash Nijman. You know, he said, you know, Yash has come a long way. You know, Yash is one of those guys that he respects. It's it's one of – you know, it's, it's not just an instant win when he's going up against Yash, and I thought that was very, very telling there because we had talked about it earlier, you know, a couple weeks ago, maybe when – as soon as camp started, maybe a little over a week ago, that – the fact that these offensive linemen, especially with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins being out, the fact that these young offensive linemen are having to go against elite pass rushers like Rashawn Gary, a solid pro, a veteran edge edge defender in a Preston Smith, and and even on the interior with Kenny Clark and and you know the addition of, of Jerron Reed, who's who's no pushover man. Jerron Reed, to me, I think he's going to be exactly what PFF suggests that he is. He's just going to be a a above average probably good defensive lineman, nothing great. I don't expect anything like that. Now, who knows? They may be able to manufacture some pressures for him and things like that, but um, just the fact that he he kind of stepped into this role into uh, what's already looking like a good defensive unit, especially up front, and uh, and starting to get a, a lot of playing time there with the first team in camp, I think is huge. So let's go ahead and listen to uh, Jerron Reed here as he talks to the media and uh, see what he had to say. Uh, I think I fit in well, you know, it's a pretty close group already and they welcome me with open arms and um, I'm kind of close with all these guys. It seems that way. It seems like, I mean, like, you look like a guy who's been here for mm. a couple of years, not a couple yeah. months or whatever. Yeah. How did you, how did you? Um, it started in uh, OTAs. I mean, it's Wisconsin is really not much to do. So, um, you know, we just jail with each other and uh, we just hang around. We play cars or free time and do, you know, regular stuff just like with kids again. Who likes to host the hangouts? Uh, we all do. You know, it's right here, you know, on these tables. You know, we go watch the fight or something at each other's house or something like that. Think about a mentor or just your friendship with Kenny Clark. Uh, he just went on to ask about uh, Kenny Clark, and he was talking about, you know, yeah, I definitely, you know, he's not looking at Kenny Clark for mentorship because obviously Jerron Reed's been in the, in the league a little longer than Kenny, but – you could just tell that they gelled very, very well. He said he spends a lot of time with Kenny uh, when they're outside of the the building. He talked about how that defensive line front, you know, ha- have gelled very well. They, you know, just spend a lot of time outside of the building together, and I think that's very, very cool. Um, Jerron Reed, I think, was a great signing. I mean, when you look at the price, and I don't have the contract in front of me uh, right now, but – it's one of those prove it deals, and it's uh, it's also you know, I mean you got him for pennies on the dollar. If you if you get a solid veteran to add depth there, and you know Dean Lowry's had a great camp, but uh, on top of that you've got someone who can get in there and play that zero and one technique like Jerron Reed can. I'm not saying he's got to be a superstar, but the more big bodies you've got that can play a zero to a one to a two technique, right? that frees Kenny Clark up to line up outside a little bit more, whether it's the four or the five tech, and uh, and allow him to get some one-on-ones on the outside. I'm not talking about straight out on the edge with a, with a seven or a wide nine, right? And that's not what I'm talking about at all. Just you, you've got T.J. Slayton in the middle. You've got Jerron Reed. Now you've got Devontae Wyatt. And now you've got, uh, you know, with Dean Lowry and Kenny Clark, and Kenny Clark seems to have trimmed down quite a bit, you can use them more into that, you know, 
five or six technique if you want to and bring some more exotic looks. And and obviously Sam Holman talked about it the other day and, and started to uh, share with us how it seems like they are showing a front like that where there's four defensive linemen on the field at one time. And uh, I think it's something that there's a multitude of reasons to do that. You know, you not only do you uh, – um, do you allow to to give some exotic looks, so to speak, here in recent history with Joe Barry, at least last year in Green Bay? You know, you could kind of change things up and throw a wrench into it because these these opposing offenses and defenses as well, when they're game planning for, you know, upcoming opponents, they're looking at what they did last year, guys. Like that game against Minnesota, the reason it's it's kind of a tough one is because you've got the offensive coordinator coming over from the L.A. Rams, right? And it's okay. Is he going to do everything he did at the L.A. Rams? Probably not. But that's your base. That's what you've got to go off of. You don't have, you know, uh, the two games that you played them last year. You've got to throw all that out the window because it's a new coaching staff. And I think all that stuff just kind of comes into play um, when you're when you're game planning and and anything you can do to mix things up. And if indeed they do go to four down linemen as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, let's say they put four down linemen as a base and you've got Rashawn Gary roaming around, and maybe that's a, a rep off for Preston Smith, and you've got, you know, let's say it's just a, a, a multiple uh, defensive 43 look, right? Preston Smith's getting a breather. That's the other the component that comes into play is you're giving guys rest, right? And uh, let's say you did show a four-man front, and let's say it was Kenny Clark at right end. Let's say it was, uh, uh, let's say, uh, you know, Devontae Wyatt at defensive tackle, uh, Jerron Reed at defensive tackle and Dean Lowry at left end and the three linebackers standing are Rashawn Gary, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. I mean, that gets kind of exciting, especially if they're moving around. You guys remember back in the Dom Capers year, uh, years when, when they won the Super Bowl there, they had that look they called the psycho look where there was one down lineman and everybody else was standing up and they were constantly shifting and moving, and it's hard for a quarterback and a center to identify the mic and set up the protection and cause all these problems. Well, if if you've watched tape on the Green Bay Packers and everything they did last year was a 34 look, right, and even a 2-4-5 look, and you know the body types, and that's what you're coming up prep for, and then in week one, boom, all of a sudden they've got four big body defensive linemen out there, and I'm talking about 280-plus, right, 280 pounds-plus, and you've got Rashawn Gary standing up and moving around, and the same thing with the rookie Quay Walker. They don't know what they've got there. They have no film on him, and Devondre Campbell, the all-pro. I mean, it just gets exciting. I'm not saying they're going to do that. It's just an example, kind of a blanket statement of the the type of game planning, game prep, and stuff that goes in that can kind of throw a wrench into what happened the previous year. So, um, all right, let's do this now. Let's uh, let's take us a quick break. Before we do, I, I want to mention um, – pristineauctions.com guys they're an official sponsor of our show right now and uh, very very excited to partner with them um, my wallet isn't excited because i'm telling you i picked up two more items last, last night if you guys haven't checked this out you need to check this website out it is awesome pristineauction.com it's the most trusted memorabilia auction site they've got an a plus with the better business bureau um, auctions on there will start at you know as little as a dollar every day there's over a thousand autograph items available um, you know the, the two items I picked up last night was actually a Quay Walker autographed helmet, and I got a Christian Watson autographed jersey. And I'm telling you, I got this autographed jersey for less than you can buy the jersey itself, and I'm not kidding you. So what you want to do is go to pristineauction.com, 
and go over and sign up, okay? This is all you got to do. It does not cost a dime, guys. You just go click on pristineauctions.com, go to the upper right, click on profile. You're going to create a, an account with them. It doesn't cost a dime to create the account. There's going to be a box that says, you know, promotion code. Type in Rogers. Listen to me closely. R-O-D-G-E-R-S. And what that's going to do is get you $10 off your first purchase. The first purchase I got, the $10 discount hit. I actually had a good buddy that made a purchase last night. He said he got his $10 discount. But more importantly, in my opinion, is for free. If you top that in when you register, you're going to be entered into a contest to draw uh, to win a uh, autographed Quay Walker jersey. Guys, absolutely free to enter the contest. And it helps Packernet Podcast. Um, you know, like I said, man, uh, we uh, we love our our listeners and how they support us. And we, uh, you know, like we've done with with smaller businesses, we try to support our listeners too with advertising things like that. That's Ryan Schlip one hundred and one. Pay it forward. So let's take care of each other. Make sure you just take a few seconds, hop on there, verify the account, get it going. And I'm telling you, man, they got ten minute auctions that are pretty darn sweet too. You can uh, every ten minutes, they literally the auction lasts ten minutes, and that's where you can get some really really good deals on that as well. So with that being said, let's take us a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. And what we're going to do is recap uh, training camp practice from earlier today. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's do this, guys. Let's look at uh, training camp practice from earlier today. And uh, I, I really, it's I'm excited to be doing a show kind of later in the afternoon like this today rather than pre-recording because you can kind of get up-to-the-date information. And we're going to go back through Andy Herman's Twitter. If you guys aren't following him, at Andy Herman NFL, he does a phenomenal job of uh, covering uh, camp practice and all that. Um, I know Ryan is uh, is someone who kind of turned me on to him listening to his podcast. He he tend to talk about how Andy covers a whole lot of stuff, right, in rapid fashion. So let's do this. Let's go through camp. 
Um, first things first, it says it's cloudy, it's rainy, it's practice number 11, let's go, right? And we talked about Matt LaFleur talking about the rain earlier. Um, it says we've got Bakhtiari siding at practice, doing a little work outside uh, for the first time in a while. And basically the, the video is just showing him doing kind of a high knee drill. He's got a sleeve on his left knee there, all the way down his left leg, but box out there uh, moving around doing some drills on the sideline. Um, players outside rehabbing. This is really exciting. You've got Gaines, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Kylan Hill, Bob Tunyon, and Christian Watson. And it shows on the video Christian Watson doing a catch drill. First of all, he's chopping. I'm, I'm telling you, rapid fashion, doing the chop uh, chop drill there uh, where you're chopping your legs in the squares they got painted on the field or, or laid out. And then after the chop, he catches a pass. That knee's looking good. It's looking really, really good. I don't see anything on it either. I don't see any kind of brace or anything. So Christian Watson looking good there. It says, Christian Watson sure looks like he's going at it vigorously on a wet field, no less, while rehabbing following his summer knee injury. Still unclear whether he'll be back for any of training camp. You guys know we talked about it uh, after speaking with uh, his mother, Krista, and um, she is she was just so positive about it and said he, he didn't hurt anything. They just caught something that had been floating around in there for a while. They went in. It's, uh, you know, he's a long-term investment. Let's go ahead and get it cleaned up. It was floating cartilage, got it taken care of. So uh, he's out there looking good on the sideline, kind of uh, rehabbing that injury. Up next, it says uh, he retweeted Matt Schneidman, one of my favorite follows. Inside linebacker Ty Summers, illness, not practicing today. Neither is tight end Mercedes Lewis, who gets veteran rest. So no injuries there. Just Ty Summers a little bit uh, under the weather, sounds like. Tied in Mercedes Lewis, um, got the veteran rest day, which that's normal. And, you know, that's something we talked about with Ty Summers. You guys know I had him making the roster. However, um, if if we decided to keep, you know, a sixth cornerback or maybe a seventh wide receiver, he would be my cut. So the fact that he's missing for an illness, man, I'm not saying you cut somebody because they're sick, but you can't make the club in the tub. And it, it applies here more than any time. I mean, if you're missing practice, it gives someone else an opportunity to come on and shine, you know, and not from the middle linebacker position. You got to look at it from the coach's perspective. You know, if Rico Gafford, and, uh, and Keyshawn Nixon both come on, uh, come out today, and they have a phenomenal day, right? And you got Ty Summers sitting on the sideline with an illness. That's, that's you know, it is what it is. That's life. They're going to be looking at it going, wow, man, Gafford looked really good. It's going to be hard to cut him, not just one practice, but over the course of time. So really think Ty Summers is on the bubble. I'm interested to see how that unfolds. Uh, Andy Herman here says, Rodgers gives Danny Davis a fist bump after he hauled in a deep bomb after he had to make a late adjustment to it. Uh, it was a, against air, no defense, but an impressive spinning catch nonetheless. So kind of not much there, you know, after making a catch with no coverage. But, you know, Rodgers obviously seen something there. And, and we all know that that Danny Davis is uh, is one of those guys looking to fight for a, a roster spot. Right here it says Tyler Davis diving catch against Vernon Scott. Amari, a little separation versus Shamar Jean Charles and maybe even a push-off. Torre and Gafford, a hell of a battle deep. Ball comes out after contact with the ground. Carpenter lost in coverage versus Daphne, who makes a one-handed catch. So negative mark there on Carpenter. You haven't heard much about Carpenter. I know we love his versatility. We love the fact that he can play special teams, but you haven't been hearing a lot of buzz around his special teams practice plays, right? Kind of um, as as the days go by, it seems like Carpenter's probably going to land on that practice squad, uh, most likely. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Up next says Jair. Uh, 
two of two in one on two for two in one on ones. He shut down Lazard and he shut down Dobbs. Mac can't hang against Levitt. Hyman beats Nixon as uh, as does Davis. So Nixon having a bad day there. Lazard beats Vaughn deep, and uh, Winfrey beats Into deep. Dobbs beats Jair clean on a deep route, but drops the ball. Been an issue at times. So there you hear Dobbs beats Jair on a clean release on a deep route, but he had a drop. And, you know, we've talked about that. You know, Ryan has has mentioned it several times. Like, okay, I want to see Dobbs on Jair, right? Um, Again, incomplete is incomplete. Sounds like he ran a good route, but didn't make the catch. Up next, Andy Herman says, Amari toasts Shamar Jean Charles deep. Torrey beats Gafford. Tyler Davis beats Vernon Scott. Awesome hand battle, Watkins versus Stokes. Watkins gets a bit of separation but can't hang on. Dobbs toast Carpenter, not a fair fight. So Carpenter not having a good day at practice. Andy Herman, holy hell. <laughs> Jair Alexander, he just ran the route for Sammy Watkins. That was an unfreaking real. Dropped the pick, but the coverage was God mode. So Jair having a great day in practice, sounds like. Um, says Josh, John Runyon Jr., Myers, Hanson, and Newman today as the starting offensive lineman. So you got Josh Nijman at left tackle. You got John Runyon Jr. at left guard, Myers at center, Hanson at right guard, and Royce Newman at right tackle. You've seen Newman at right tackle so many times uh, this uh, this camp. It looks like they're really, really looking at him at right tackle if indeed Elton Jenkins isn't ready. Um, says Vernon Scott with the ones still at safety for Savage. So Vernon Scott, like like Sam Holman, if you guys caught our live stream last night, we just hopped on for a few minutes and talked a little camp. It was an absolute blast. Love hanging out with Ryan and Sam and, and Jacob hopping on with us there at the end. Um, one of the things that, that we talked about was Vernon Scott kind of taking over that backup role uh, for free safety, and you're seeing it right here. He's running with the ones for Savage. So uh, starting Packers defensive line today was Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed with Clark at the nose. Okay, so they had a 34 look. The starting defensive ends was Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry, and they had Kenny Clark at the nose. So I remember what we talked about, Kenny Clark maybe playing outside. Right here they're showing him at nose, so he's getting work all over the defensive line. I honestly think – they're going to game plan week in and week out, see where the weak spot is on the defensive line and try to get Kenny Clark lined up over that weakest link. Uh, so that's pretty exciting stuff that he was in the nose. That was one of the things that kind of concerned me a little bit. Kenny Clark is a great nose tackle. He really is. I don't think he's elite, but I think he's a great nose tackle. And when you start hearing the rumors and, and see the weight cut and, you know, are we going to slide him outside permanently? I don't want that. I want him to stay within that two-tech, right? I want him to be there within the guards for the majority of the time because he's just done an excellent job uh, playing two gaps in that 34 front. Uh, Andy Herman says, Adrian Amos, perfect coverage on a deep shot to walk and surprise, surprise, right? Adrian Amos is just a beast. He's so underrated. Uh, Ball isn't close and falls incomplete. Jerron Reed, nice job resetting the line of scrimmage uh, versus, uh, versus Runyon. So uh, there you go with Jerron Reed, a little plus sign for him. Tyler Davis comes wide open on a crosser. Nice start for him after winning his one-on-one battles too. So Tyler Davis having a great day today. Uh, Jerron Reed has has looked really freaking good in camp. He's active again this morning. Did Goot unearth another gym? Now that's exciting, guys. Andy Herman's there every single day, and he talks about Jerron Reed's had a. He's looked really freaking good in camp. And what he's talking about uncovering another gym last year, who was it? Russell Douglas and Devondre Campbell. How cool is it they picked them up off the freaking trash heap 
and then extending them to multi-year deals. Three-year deal for Rasul Douglas, five-year deal for Devondre Campbell. What if Jerron Reed is the darling this year? How cool would that be? that we just land a stud defensive lineman. There, I, I, when I look at the PFF grades and what he's done in the past compared to where his draft stock was, all that, right, it, I would be very, very surprised if he does. But, again, the, the report's coming out of camp that he's had a pretty good camp so far. So uh, here's a Devontae Wyatt uh, sighting. says, Devontae Wyatt works hard for a pressure. Clark probably would have drawn a holding pen- penalty on a pass rush off play action. This D-line is balling right now. Jerron Reed with another stop at the line of scrimmage. Campbell there as well. So, man, wow, Wyatt works hard for a pressure. Uh, Clark, uh, Kenny Clark would have drawn a holding penalty most likely. And Jerron Reed, again, another stop at the line of scrimmage. Defensive line showing up big time. And I am getting excited about this defense. We haven't even heard about Quay Walker today. It's just all – it's been all defensive line. And we know how Quay Walker's looked in camp. This defense is – it's going to be something special, I believe. Rodgers tries to hit Rodgers deep. Douglas with tight coverage, but uh, number eight had a chance along the sidelines. Falls incomplete. Would have been a very difficult catch. Jordan Love throws a pick right to Chris Barnes. No idea what he was looking at there. So Jordan Love having a little bit of a bad day. Uh, Chris Barnes sounded like he got a gift there. I wouldn't count that as a plus for gift uh, for Chris Barnes. Sounds like he uh, he took it right in the numbers and uh, just happened to catch the ball. Um, here you got Levitt all over and end around to Hyman. Then you got even when the offense gains a few yards on a run play, the defense is all rallying to the football. Rico Gafford comes up a bit gimpy on a run play. He goes to the sideline. So Rico Gafford there maybe uh, might have tweaked something today in practice. Preston Smith busts through a double team for a pressure on 12. Now Garvin screams off the edge for a pressure. I'm telling you, I think Garvin is having a pretty good camp, guys. Um, I think he's going to be that rotational guy off the edge. Um, I really do. Looks like Gafford got his ankle taped and is now back, back practicing. Good to see. Okay, so Gafford did return, just got the ankle tape. That's good news. Alexander just blanketed Watkins on a sideline uh, go in 11-on-11. Jair really balling out today at camp. Now, that wasn't Andy Herman. He just retweeted it. That came from Mike Spofford. So multiple people reporting that Jair Alexander is absolutely dominating in, in practice today. Jerron Reeb would be – had a would-be sack on Rodgers. Incredibly strong day for Reed today, so Reed continuing to impress. Cobb no longer in uniform, talking to Watkins and, and Lazard and Vrabel. All is good, just a bit of a rest day, so a veteran rest day there for Cobby, much like uh, Mercedes Lewis sounds like. Isaiah McDuffie a bit banged up after a special teams play but stays in. Hyman muffs a punt after allowing it to hit his chest. Was a nice punt by O'Donnell. Uh, and then he muffs his next chance as well. Tough day for a player who has 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 had a good start to camp. So it looks like Hyman muffing two punts and one uh, one breakdown there. That's not good. Uh, breakdown on the punt team. Rasul Douglas busts through and likely would have blocked it easily had he not pulled up. O'Donnell shanks it to the to the to the side. Douglas with the pressure on the next punt as well as Enos Gaines celebrates. KB and Into speed release as a gunner. So, man, that doesn't sound good at all right there on special teams. Let's hope it's just a fluke. Um, I mean, obviously you got the positive uh, – on the positive side, the uh, the kick block team looking like they're they're showing up big time. But um, that's something you got to take into consideration. You know, it's it's not just, um, you know, Rich Passaccia coaching the, the return team, which we've seen their woes there, or even the punt side, right? You're talking about uh, on the defensive side of the ball, special teams. And 
Um, you know, maybe he's having an effect there. Maybe it's uh, it's bad on the on the punter and the protection. Who knows? Low snap by Wordle on a punt, and he limps off the field after the play. So Wordle there, um, getting a a bad mark there, both with a with a potential injury and a low snap. T.J. Slayton with a would be sack on Love. Give credit to the coverage. Great to see uh, Keyshawn Nixon uh, working with team already. Love throws an ill-advised pass off his back foot that comes out awkward. Uh, luckily, it falls short and just incomplete. Sounds like Jordan Love's having a bad day at practice. Good Lord, Jerron Reed, have a damn day. Just spun off a double team for a stop of A.J. Dillon. So spin move off a double team block to stop A.J. Dillon. Jerron Reed, guys, showing up today. You keep seeing his name. Ladarius Hamilton, this is one of uh, Jacob's uh, – uh, camp sweethearts here. Ladarius Hamilton with a sack and a tackle for a loss here and forced an INT early. So you, you're hearing it right here, guys. Pressure pick, coverage sack happening more and more often here in uh, in camp. That was from Bill Huber, by the way. Um, I'm losing track of how many coverage sacks there have been today, but it's been a lot. Defense stays dominant. Offensive line, not so much. So the defense really showing out. Ladarius Hamilton is making a strong case for the number three outside linebacker spot. Two sacks, a pressure, and a tackle for a loss in team period so far today. So it sounds like it's Jonathan Garvin and Ladarius Hamilton really showing up at practice today. They're fighting for that number three spot. You guys know that rotating number three spot, they're in and out of the game consistently. Who's going to win that? And it's nice to, to hear that we've got two guys that could potentially do it. I'm going to spin around here and look at my board real quick. And – at edge, you know, uh, Anagbar is going to make the roster. It's looking like there's they're making a a case to carry a fifth edge defender. As where uh, last year they only carried on average four and a half, so we may break camp with five edge defenders if Ladarius Hamilton and uh, and um, Jonathan Garvin continue to have uh, a good camp. So, two minute drill, one minute down seven on thirty yard line, one timeout. Check down to Dylan. The clock ticks. Out route to Watkins and out of bounds. Screen pass to Dylan. Out of bounds. Lazard over the middle. Clock ticks. Dobbs does the wrong thing on a fake spike, and Rogers signals for a new receiver. <laughs> All right, so Dobbs is taking his lumps there. Um, you know, kind of screwed up the clock. The uh, the clock play, and Rogers says, "Get him out of here, poor old Peyton Manning. Get him out of here." So, uh, yeah, all right. 12 is still in control at camp. It's obvious there. Rodgers throws a ball right to Devondre, but he can't hang on. Lazard's shirt catch. Uh, it says shirt catch. But I don't know if it's a short catch or what, but it's, there's definitely an eye there. Lazard's shirt catch for, for a first down. Timeout. 13 seconds left. Ball at the 27. No timeouts. Hail Mary goes out of the end zone. Five seconds left. Hook and lateral play doesn't work. The defense holds. So defense, uh, again, uh, with a nice stop there. Love's turn. A minute four, down seven. Your own 35-yard line, only one timeout. Hits Rodgers over the middle. Nice pickup, but the clock ticks. Check down to Goodson. Immediate stop by Barnes. Timeout. 44 seconds left. Ball at the opponent. 45, no timeouts. Check down to Goodson. Barnes stops. The clock ticks. Incomplete to Tyler Davis. So, uh Let's see here. 22 seconds left, fourth and two, ball on the 40. Love hits Amari again. The clock ticks. They run a spike play. Nine seconds left, ball on the 28. Complete short to Hyman, who gets out. One play left, Keyshawn Nixon with the game-winning INT off Love to end it. So Keyshawn Nixon, um, sounding like he might be as advertised. 
Uh, here it says uh, just kind of a quick summary of practice. Andy Herman's players of the day, Jerron Reed, Jair Alexander, and Ladarius Hamilton. So Jerron Reed and Ladarius Hamilton having a day. Of course, we expect it from uh, Jair Alexander. It's just so nice to to hear that Jair Alexander's shoulder is healthy. Um, no signs of that that injury lingering whatsoever. And again, it looks like Goody might have might have found a little gem there with Reed. We'll see. Uh, even in Hamilton too, right? Nobody knows who Hamilton is. Amari had a real nice practice today. Amari Rogers had two nice catches for 30 yards in a two-minute drill. Ends with a Keyshawn Nixon pick with five seconds left. That's what we just talked about. So it sounds like Amari had a pretty good day today. Um, and that was pretty much practice, guys. So Hopefully I didn't bore you too much reading there, but I thought it would be cool to kind of bring you a little camp update, give you an idea of what's going on. I, I always love to kind of kind of keep you out of that. And like I said, this is just a bonus podcast, so we're going to keep it short. Um, just wanted to, if you guys were on the grind at work or maybe you're grilling at home, that's usually when I listen to podcasts too. I got the grill fired up. I got my earbuds in, throwing the tennis ball to my dog in between flipping the meat, right? Um, just love it. And, uh, yeah, so we want to give you something to listen to today because we had some schedule uh, scheduling with Wisconsin Sports Heroic kind of shift around a little bit. Didn't want you to go without a pod, and I know when they do put their pod out tomorrow, it's going to be absolutely awesome as it always is. Sam Holman, man, I'm a I'm the president of the Sam Holman fan club and love the content he puts out. So with that being said, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully that was short and concise, not boring. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Tuesday to do our normal Tuesday episode, and we'll see what's going on then. We may even try to get you prepped a little bit. Trying to think. Let me do this. Let me think real quick uh, the way the show's going to outline this week because we've got our preseason game Friday night. We're going to be doing a post-game show. So that's going to take the place of our normal Saturday episode, all right? So what we're going to do on Thursday is kind of give you a preview of that preseason matchup with the 49ers. And what I mean by preview, there's no reason to go into anything crazy as far as scouting. Maybe we'll look at their personnel from last year and give you an idea of what defensive units will be on the field. You know, whether it's, you know, they like, they, if I remember correctly, uh, San Francisco really liked to run a lot of, a lot of 12 and 21 personnel. They have one of the lowest percentages of 11 personnel across the league. So we probably will get to see that 34 front quite a bit, which means we'll see plenty of Jerron Reed, and I'm excited about that. But also we'll just talk about injuries. We'll talk about all right, who are they planning on starting in that game, if I can uncover that information. I'm supposed to be on a podcast Wednesday night um, talking a preview of the game with a 49ers podcaster. They invited me on. I really appreciate the invitation. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, but I may have to hit them up for a little inside info and see who's going to be playing in that in that matchup. But I say that because Friday night's going to be the post-game show, so what we'll do is not do a show Saturday. Uh, we'll bump the Saturday show up to Friday so we can do that post-game show and you guys can kind of listen to that. Um, we're going to try to stream it live on Twitter, but also put it in podcast form for the next day. If I get the okay from Ryan, we'll kind of chat with him. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack Go. Third down, just to go. Oh.